Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. You can find us at www.hupowership.com where we talk about the pirates. It's year three for the podcast and we're recording this on October 17th. I'm your host, Big Rick, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Powership. It's homecoming week. What's going on, Hampton Knight? I'm Ben. You know, it's always a great time, especially when it's homecoming time. And, you know, it looks like we're going to be eating a cuisine up, uh, I would say, rattlers. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. We'll be definitely eating some rattlers, some snake, grilled snake uh, yeah. for homecoming. So, yeah, man, we got a, a busy show. So we're going to um, this week we're going to review the big win over Norfolk State. Um, we'll review week seven of the MEAC scoreboard. Talk about the MEAC standings, preview MEAC week eight schedule, uh, talk about Hampton at the halfway point, um, just give a review of uh, some of the some of the ups and downs of the teams and where we think they're headed. Uh, then we'll preview FAMU and the homecoming game, and then we'll give some shout outs, uh, just people throughout the HBCU sports world uh, and Hampton world in general who are doing some interesting things. So let's get right to it. Um, the Pirates, they end their three-game uh, losing streak against uh, NSU. Thankfully, the universe is, is back in line and moving in the right direction. Um, the Pirates uh, got the win 16-14 to 14 over Norfolk State. Um, interesting game for a bunch of reasons. But one thing I have to ask you, Hampton tonight, like, how can we improve attendance on this game, man? I mean, there were so many empty seats. It seems like the buzz is dead. Like the basketball rivalry is on fire, but for big football, man, it's like it's an afterthought. Well, you know what? I do think that um, football in general, all over the, um, I would say football in general across the NCAA uh, board is struggling, especially trying to capture, I guess, younger viewers or just younger attendees. And, uh, and it's no different in the HBCU universe. But I think for this game, um, I would say these teams have not been competitive seriously, I would say, since Joe Taylor was the coach, I would say, over 10 years ago. And even when Pete Adrian had, uh, uh, I would say, very competitive teams. And I think uh, the rivalry was good because if you think about it, um, and Joe Taylor's uh, team, they were always competitive. It was always top two or top three MEAC. Then when you had Adrian in there, he always had a strong defense, and he always had, I would say, a transfer quarterback from some little college out there in California. And (laughs) they would always be, I would say, at least top two defense in the MEAC. So the game was always a draw. As for today, I just do not think that the level of competitiveness between both programs has been so poor, um, especially after, you know, the Joe T era where there was a slew of head coaches where whether it was Holmes and Rose, you know, I mean, and now we got, I would say, some sort of stability with Maynard. But I just don't think that we just have been competitive enough for this game to be, you know, to attend this game. And if you think about it, I mean, if I wanted to attend this game, and I'm looking at how Hampton's played in the past four or five, maybe six years, same with Norfolk State, I wouldn't want to go see it either. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, from his, like you said, historically, I, I remember this game used to be standing room only, like mm-hmm. literally standing room. So, And I think for this rivalry to come back, at least for fans to come out, somebody's got to be good, one of the teams. 
So either the one team who's good can the fans can come out to look for the beatdown, and the underdog team can look to hope for the upset. But somebody's got to be good uh, to get the, the the attendance back on it. So hopefully it's us <laughs> who can get that back on the right side. So, but uh, yeah, man, we'll talk about the good, the bad, and the uh, good and the bad, particularly for this game. So let's start off with the good. Of course, we got the win, so that's always good against uh, Norfolk State or anyone, but it's good to in that three-game losing streak uh, to Norfolk State. Um, also, the defense held Norfolk State to under 300 yards of total offense, um, really shut their run game down, made them uh, one-dimensional. Um, also, I like that uh, jumbo offense in the third quarter. Um, took Norfolk State by surprise. They used that to take seven minutes off the clock but they didn't finish with points of course they missed the field goal um but uh um it was actually good to see them get down a three-point stance and just like fire off and then move the ball that way so i think that's something we're going to see a lot more of and um you know the team only took uh we only took 10 pass there were only 10 pass attempts so i mean that shows where Maynard's going with this thing at least for this year i mean right now we're a defensive team so he uh, took it out of um, the uh, offense's hand or the passing, you know, quarterback's hands and just uh, trusted the defense to get the W. So that worked this week. Um, and there were some also some pretty good standout performances. Uh, Harry Freeman, the fourth, uh, the Norfolk State uh, transfer. He's actually a grad student, but he played his career at Norfolk State. Um, he uh, blocked a punt, which uh, led to a touchdown for Hampton. Ryan Gould had a strong game at uh, on the offensive line. Um, he played actually tackle and guard, um, so that helped there. Um, Trey, um, another guy, Yaki Johnson, of course, had over 100 yards again. And uh, Keenan Marr, I mean, when I was watching the broadcast, I mean, he was all over the place, so a big game for him uh, for Hampton. So, you know, overall, good game, got the, the W. Uh, any thoughts there, Hampton? Anything I left out? No, you didn't leave anything out. You know, you actually hit everything on the head. Um, I will just say that uh, Harry Freeman, you could tell, you know, he's out there with that uh, tremendous amount of energy that he uh, he brings to the table. Uh, Yaki Johnson, of course, you know, 27 carries, 100 plus yards, you know, great there. Keenan Marr, I think, will be a stable, um, a stable defensive lineman for the next couple of years. You know, so things are, I would say, trending upwards, you know, so. Everything looked well, and I think uh, we need to uh, give Shai McKenzie a hand. Those two touchdowns really helped. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, again, as every game, you know, Norfolk State did not want to tackle him. <laughs> so he, he was looking for people to hit and just falling over people. So, yeah, no doubt those two touchdowns were huge um, for the Pirates. So uh, the bad here, I mean, not much to really, you know, harp on. The penalties, of course, uh, Pirates had 11 penalties for 118 yards. And then two important ones at the end of the game. They actually had two unsportsmanlike penalties, one on Freeman and the other one on Obasui. So they're like veterans. So you wouldn't expect that from them. But those penalties actually kept them in the game. And uh, if you watched uh, Coach Maynard at the end, I think he was yelling at Freeman. It's kind of like <laughs> he had an aneurysm. It's like he had to go sit down on the bench, man, after he, like, <laughs> you know, he, he finished chewing him out. I mean, he was he was pretty – um, pretty angry there. And actually, 
he didn't make it to the post-game, uh, you know, press conference and all that, at least according to the, the newspaper, uh, because of a migraine. So I think those penalties just sent him over the top. Um, Marcus Taylor from Norfolk State, he had a big game. He had seven catches for 111 yards with two touchdowns. Normally, I mean, that's a big game, um, period. But I think we saw what teams are going to start doing against Hampton, and that's running those underneath routes, crossing routes, um, and, and get the defense moving because our secondary is big and they like to hit, but they're kind of slow, you know, compared to like the slow, the, the small quick receivers. So I think we're going to seeing a lot, start seeing a lot more of that. Um, and then, um, we don't have any inside presence uh, with the passing game. So it looks like, again, a defense is just playing coverage, um, and, you know, covered a lot of cover too. So you got to attack cover two down the middle of the field, and we don't have anybody to attack that area of the field. So um, that's going to be a problem going forward, man. Uh, probably, you know, but again, we've got the W. Anything else happened tonight on the back? No, I mean, well, I would just say I think you really covered everything. But, I mean, I just wanted to, I guess, you know, elaborate a little bit more about uh, what Owen Obasui did, you know, to prolong the game. Uh, Norfolk State's quarterback, you know, well, they were forced to have, do a Hail Mary, Mary on their own 40-yard line, and he sacked the quarterback. And normally, I mean, there was still time left on the clock, and normally you would kind of just kind of just lay on the player, you know, like get up slow, you know, that's what we're taught to do. This fool, and I hate to call, <laughs> well, okay, no, let's not, let me stop that, okay. This young man, this young, impressionable man with youthful exuberance decided to put his forearm on the other opposing quarterback's neck. Now, I understand, you know, heat of the moment, the heat of passion. But the fact of the matter is that is a penalty. The referee saw it. And if I was Maynard, too, I mean, he ran like... Like if you think about okay, and so then the next play happened, and they they were not successful. We win. Maynard instead of celebrating, ran after him just like you said. I'm talking about, and this was on ESPN. He ran <laughs> on the field and berated him. And and you know what? That was the second time the play. The I think it was a uh, uh, the missed field goal um, that the kicker from Norfolk State missed. Harry Freeman got penalized for showing his behind. I mean, not he didn't show his behind, but for acting out, I would say, unprofessionally or just, you know, just, you know, in unhazardly on the field. And the, and I mean, I know this is his old team. He used to play at Norfolk State and he, they, we received another penalty and Maynard blew another gasket. So obviously these are terrible things that happen that, you know, continues to plague Maynard's program. And if you recall, you know, I think it was uh, two seasons ago, two years ago when we played Richmond and I think they had like a fourth and 21 or fourth and 16. Yep. And I think we had that defensive back. Uh, it wasn't Justin Williams. It was, uh, was it Justin Williams or was the other guy? I think it was Williams. Uh, it was Williams, and uh, the play like the play went fell well below the, the first down marker, and he got like a taunting penalty, and it was just so so 
it was just so inexcusable. And these are the type of things that continue to plague a Connell Maynard team. But, you know, we're saying, okay, it's the players. But I will say this, too. I, I feel Maynard's pain when he has to deal with this type of behavior. But Maynard is an emotional person. So when you use that emotion on a team, then the team is going to uh, pick up the persona of the head coach. And so that's how they approached that game. And it was an extension of the head coach. And Maynard is basically, when he was yelling at these players, he's really yelling at himself because <laughs> those players were acting the way that he acts. And that's all. Man, so so you're thinking that's coming from the top down. I mean, because like, it seems like no matter who we got you know, on Maynard's team, I mean, this is the outcome. I mean, yes. they started a little bit better at the beginning of this year, but, yeah, they have these games, man, where they just say F it, man, and just yeah. be reckless. It's like, they, it's, it's, it's like a person when you see these little intervention shows, you know, and they say, okay, I'm not going to take another – I'm not going to smoke another rock again. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And then you catch um, – then you know how the show goes off and you see the credits like a week later he got caught for smoking rocks. You know, it's the same thing, you know. So it's just that Hampton always plays to the level of competition. And I think that to be a successful team like a North Carolina Central or a North Carolina A&T – you're going to have to put people away. And I really think with that caliber defense, you know, we should – I mean, and to be real, the defense really did their job. The offense just, you know, kind of nutted up after the second quarter. I mean, after the second half. And I do – I would not let Delman Williams throw the ball um, more than 10 passes ever because, you know, I just think that his arm is not strong enough, especially – when the defense can adjust, because if that was a defense like uh, like A&T or Central, they would have just carved him up. They would have they would have picked him apart. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and you know, I think also with his throws, I mean, I think yeah, he does need some more zip on it. But I mean, he needs to like to be sure of where he's going with the ball, so he can like yeah. go with some gusto, man. But you know, back there patting padding the ball and and you know it makes it easy to telegraph those things man so mm-hmm. yeah passing game needs some work man a lot of work that's not gonna cut it the rest of the year um but it's a start for now <laughs> absolutely so, yeah good good excellent addition there man so um yeah so we got the w uh let's move on to the uh MIAC week seven scoreboard so some interesting scores here morgan state Got their first win of the week over Savannah State, 48-28. to 28. Uh, Let's see anything interesting here. Not particularly um, stat-wise. Uh, North Carolina Central beat Gardner-Webb. They did what we couldn't do with Monmouth and uh, held on for the win, played some disciplined football, and uh, got the W. One interesting, th- interesting thing about Central, man, I mean, this is really a rebuilding year for them, and they're 5-1. and one. That is an awesome rebuilding year. Yep, yep. And they, yeah, their quarterback is playing well right now. Uh, Howard beat Delaware State fifty-two to twenty-three. This game was close at halftime, but you know Howard laid the smack down in the second half and uh, won this game fifty-two to twenty-three. Newton again, man. Now he led the team in passing and rushing, so sixteen for twenty-one. 285 yards passing, two touchdowns, and then he had 10 carries for 81 yards. 
So just bro, oh. am I right? Is Newton a freshman? Yep. He's oh, a freshman. Man. Out, of Grady, out of Grady High School of Atlanta. Trust oh, me. Man. I, I'm very familiar with uh, Grady High School. <laughs> man, okay. Yeah, he's playing very well, uh, covering up for their de- defense and other deficiencies. Um, A&T beat Florida A&M 31-20, to 20, closer than what I thought, but fam, he wasn't going to be disrespected too much at their uh, on their homecoming. Um, Raynard, Lamar Raynard. Is uh, right now my MIAC MVP, and he's still killing him, man. He was 20 for 32, 215 yards, three touchdowns. Um, so that was a good, strong game for him. And uh, then the game of the week. Bethune Cookman beat South Carolina State 12 to 9. It looks like there were five field goals in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. amazed, I'm amazed that they kicked all them field goals. Especially with HBCU uh, kickers, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, they barely can do anything. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, did uh, anything, any, anything step or stand out from these scores, man? I mean, the, 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 I guess the conference is starting to take shape a little bit. Um, you know what? Just looking at it, uh, I'll just say Florida A&M did. I mean, it, it, I would say that they did fight, fought. They fought well on their homecoming uh, uh, field. Uh, I was surprised with Bethune um, beating South Carolina State. I mean, I know South Carolina State's defense, you know, has been atrocious all year, but I was still expecting them to at least pull it out against Bethune. And uh, – and Morgan Morgan State putting up 48 on Savannah State, you know. And Savannah State really held us to, you know. Uh, they really played us really close. So, you know, Morgan State actually finding offense, you know, is something that I was a little bit surprised about. Yeah, true. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so, yeah, let's move on. Check out the MEAC standings. Um Norfolk, uh, North Carolina A&T is in first place. They're undefeated at 7-0 and and 4-0 in the conference. Um, clearly the best team right now in the MEAC, one of the best teams in the country, period. Um, North Carolina Central is second at 3-0. and um, Hampton, uh, we are tied for second, also at 3-0 and in the conference. And then Howard and Bethune-Cookman and Norfolk State are all tied at 2-1. and one. So um, we're starting to see some of the contenders uh, uh, fizzle out. And the uh, – no, the contenders actually stepping up and um, seeing who the pretenders are as well. So um, we got some more football to go, but at least we are still undefeated in the MIAC. Anybody, like – Surprising here. Um, my biggest surprise so far might be South Carolina State. You know what? Um, I'm not really surprised about that. And the reason why is because I think we did see them deteriorate uh, last year. And remember, I think they had the Caleb York fiasco where, I mean, even though I'm not privy to what's going on in that program, listening to a couple of the Bulldog fans there, they're saying the kids is basically – felt that he was too big for South Carolina State. and But, you know, he was clearly a better quarterback for that team. Um, I will say that I did kind of see that looming because South Carolina State, you know, if they don't have a QB or a good uh, 
they've normally always had a good offensive line and uh, I would say a man, a serviceable QB. And it seems that they have not, they do not have either of those. And so you can see the struggle on offense. You know, and the, the quarterback that they have now is, is a running back. I mean, he's built like a running back, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's big, you know, doesn't really have a good arm. You know, he runs. You know, that whole program is just a mess right now. <laughs> and I will just say uh, I did think uh, I, th- I did think that um, how – I mean, well, nobody saw Howard, you know, coming. You know, nobody saw them coming. Of course, they are the biggest surprise. And they are – I mean, <laughs> I'm afraid to play them at the last game of the year. And, um, I mean, besides that, everybody else was what Denny, Denny Green said. They are who we thought they were. True that, true that. Yeah, Howard is, yeah, they're my biggest uh, positive surprise so far, man. They are playing extremely well right now. Um, definitely ahead of schedule on their rebuild. So, we'll see how it goes, man. But at least we are 3-0 and uh, in the conference standings. So, uh, let's look forward to this week's schedule. Um, we got A&T is hosting Bethune-Cookman. Uh, let's see. Howard is hosting Morgan State, if I'm not mistaken, for Howard's home company, uh, homecoming. Um, we got North Carolina Central at Norfolk State. Uh, actually, no, the other way around. Sorry, Norfolk State at North Carolina Central. And then we have uh, South Carolina State at Delaware State. Um, let's see, we got our homecoming game, and we got Savannah State at Charleston Southern. So from looking at this game, I'm thinking Hampton tonight, my game of the week might be Morgan State and Howard, because neither one of those teams play defense. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, I agree there. Um, <laughs> I mean, well... I would say that, yeah, Morgan State did just put up 48 over Savannah State. But, you know, Howard is a different animal as of right now. And, I mean, and you know what? To be those two programs do not really – I mean, there's pretty much no rivalry between those two. And they're very close in proximity, you know. One's in Baltimore, one's in D.C. Uh, I've driven – I mean, I live near Howard. And just to drive to Baltimore, it's not that far. And my whole thing is that I would expect that to be a rivalry. But to be honest, Howard really doesn't have a rivalry except for Morehouse. And they don't play Morehouse, I think, every, once every four or five years. So I would just say that uh, that was probably the only game that pretty much sticks out. You know, everything else looks like, I would say, beatdown games, you know. Uh, like even uh, South Carolina State and Delaware State, that's a beatdown game. Savannah State, oh God, I just hope they score. <laughs> and um, yeah, so yeah, that's all I can see. Yeah, you know, one interesting thought. I maybe the Howard Morgan State game is suffering somewhat from what the Hampton Norfolk State game is. Like both teams have been pretty crappy uh, the past decade, but. I remember early in the 2000s. I mean, Howard was bad then, but, you know, they were somewhat competitive. Like, and when Morgan State was good with Hill, like, that was more of a, yeah. a rivalry. Like, I would go to Green Stadium. I mean, that, that game was packed when they when they played Morgan. So maybe one of those teams need to be good, too, because it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. for them not to be rivals to be that close, man. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yep. So hopefully they can get that going, too. 
Um, so yeah, man, look, hey, season is flying by. We are like at the halfway point. So let's just talk about what Hampton is looking like halfway through the season. Um, <laughs> Hampton is four and two and three and oh in the MIAC. Um, upcoming schedule is uh, has them playing FAMU, Bethune Cookman, Central, South Carolina State, and Howard. Um, so not world beaters, but I mean those are all all tough games. I can see them winning and losing every single one of those games. Um, so they need to really play well. To note, there's no gimmies on this on the schedule. Um, I think they need more out of the passing game. And the special teams to actually win the, the conference or really be in a running until the end. But I think if they continue along this trajectory, they're going to lose two of these games because of special teams and or the inability to make plays in the passing game. So, um, but I think things are pointing in the right direction. I mean, 4-2 and 3-0 and oh is pretty good. I mean, it's, that's as good as they can be in the MEAC. So I think they're playing well in conference, but they got some things they need to correct. Um Anything like sticking out to you, Hampton tonight at this point in the season? Well, I will just say exactly what you said that, you know, the passing game is spotty at times, you know, we, um, but I think a lot of times we see fools go, you know, when we play Delaware State and Livingstone College, where Aldenite had these huge, miraculous uh, Odell Beckham you know, junior type catches, you know, and we were just so enthralled with that type of, you know, that deep passing game. And I think what we saw in Monmouth, you know, the tying score to Ronald Bell, you know, that short passing game that, you know, that get in that, that you, uh, that slant game, you know, or that uh, five yard end game, let them get some rack type of game. And I do think that it worked for the first half of the season, but obviously, uh, teams will have enough tape on it, so we'll have to see how uh, the offensive coordinator will adjust as teams basically move to a, a different defense that will basically keep these keep Bell and Knight in front of them. And I do think that the uh, running game is definitely you know our only bread and butter at this point. And the way that you know it has worked, it worked well with Norfolk State as we continuously pounded up the, you know, I would say up the A and B gaps. And, you know, we watched uh, Yaki, you know, would run off tackle a lot of plays. For a guy that's 5'7", running off tackle is extremely hard. But the advantage of it is that he gets so low that once he pops out, you know, on the next person that sees him is probably the safety. And the safety has to make a hell of a uh, tackle to make sure, you know, he's down. Because once he gets past that uh, – once he gets past that, uh, the linebacking core, he's basically taking it to the house. Um, I do think that um, our our uh, weaknesses is definitely the passing game. Delman Williams, you know, needs to – he just does not have the speed or the arm speed to put the ball in places like that. And I think one of our um, uh, posters, Captain Silver, <laughs> said it hmm. perfectly that you know we do not have the tight end presence that goes up and up the seams that you know we can throw the ball to we had it last year with uh will and brock and then to some point uh extent Kentrell richards but this year i mean i know we recruited that kid jalen powell who hasn't even sniffed the field yet i think he's still injured and tylon patterson number 88 is not a tight end 
I mean, that kid's just, I mean, he's real thin. I don't even think he's 200 pounds. He's not a tight end. So stop lining him up next to the tackle. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So if he is, so he seems like more of a receiver than a tight end. Like, why not use him that way? (laughs) Exactly. I don't think he's gotten a pass to him all. I've seen him, um, they have, they have thrown him a couple jump balls in the end zone and, you know, I just still think he's too young. He's too green. And I think he needs a little bit more seasoning, but uh, that passing game is going to have to be very effective if we look to beat North Carolina Central and Howard at home. And the only thing, good thing about those two games, which I think will be the make-or-break games, will be that they're both at home. I do think that we should be able to take care of FAMU. But them Cookman, I think it can go either way. But, you know, we have not won in Daytona since I think Hentai Baird caught that interception and took it to the house. I think that was over, what, 12 years ago. And South Carolina State, uh, you know, they always will play us rough, you know, play us tough. I do think that game is beatable. You know, just like you said, these five games could either we can win them all or we can lose them all. So I do think that we cannot have any muff punts. And you can't have any punts that go off the side of your leg. Bad snaps. Bad snaps. You know, special teams miscues. You know, that is what will kill us, especially against an experienced team like North Carolina Central. And, you know, or a team like Howard that, you know, thrives off momentum. You know, you make one mistake, they will continuously, uh, continuously make you suffer. So I do think that uh, the upcoming schedule is extremely difficult. And, you know, we're playing mediocre teams on the road and we're playing tough teams at home, which, you know, kind of works in our favor. So we can see. Let's just see. Yep. No doubt. So, yep, it does work in our favor. So let's see if we can tighten up on that special teams and passing game. So let's just uh, look at some of the stat leaders for the Pirates of course, Williams leads the team in passing. Johnson, Yaki Johnson, leads the team in rushing. Ronald Bell leads the team in receiving. And then Alden Knight is second. And then another guy who needs to step up, man, is uh, Wesley Wolfolk. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure was if they're just not seeing him. But, I mean, he is the big, strong guy. I mean, he's huge for a receiver. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's not getting open or they're just not seeing him. But, I mean, they need to find a way to get him involved. Uh, move him around or something. Get him in the slot. I don't know, but he's he's the big he seems, guy. He seems he seems like he he seems like he's playing soft. You know, I mean, he's not playing like like if you're six two, you're supposed to put a body up on some of these guys. You know, every time you catch he catches a ball, it looks like he wants to dance around a defender. Now, I mean, I would say he's not a burner. He, I wouldn't say he's a great route runner. He's more of a possession guy. So you know, put catch the ball, man. You know, catch the ball. Or just simply uh, put a body on somebody. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You don't doubt. Yeah, they, they need. So he is kind of passive, but appears to be passive. Yeah. So yeah, they do need some more aggression out there. It's a game of aggression. That's what they say, right? <laughs> so, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, all the night leads the team. Actually, he's he's tied with Yaki Johnson for the scoring uh, leader. So they both scored five touchdowns. Ronald Bell is second with four. And just defensively, I mean, Husky, man, boy, aren't we lucky we got that, man? Um, he leads the team in tackles um, and then also interceptions. So well, he's the, the playmaker on defense in the middle of the field. Also, uh, Stephen Smith, 
He's having a great year. He leads the team in tackles for loss at nine. Second in sacks with three. And then Obasui, man, he is um, the little firecracker, man. He's either going to get a sack or a personal foul, one of the two. So he leads the team in sacks at five, which is a great number for a defensive tackle. And then leads the team, or second for tackle and tackles for loss. Um, so those are some of the defensive standouts. Also, Devontae Spurl. I mean, he's he's playing well. He's coming along, having a quiet year, but I see him around the ball a lot. So uh, he's playing well. And then also the transfer, uh, uh, Kamari Alcorn from Chowan, I think. Um, yep. But he's he's a, he was a good find. I mean, I remember we were saying, hey, who's this guy from D2 transferring? But he's playing very well uh, for the Pirates. And then one other guy, man, I always see around the ball is Brendan Cole. So uh, he's a strong safety. He's almost like another linebacker out there. He's huge. But uh, he's making a lot of plays uh, on defense. So, But it's a, it's a good uh, effort. It's a defensive team. So um, they're playing well there. Um, from a MEAC perspective, um, interesting stats for the Pirates. Let's see. We are second in pass defense in the league. Uh, second in pass efficiency uh, from an offensive standpoint. Um, man, we are dead last in kickoff returns. So we average 15 <laughs> yards per kickoff return. Uh, we are second to last in punt return average at five. I mean, you can fall forward to get five yards on a punt, but <laughs> we, 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 without getting five yards on the carry return, got a dog. Um, we are second to last in punting. And but um, we are second in opponents first downs defensively, only second in South Carolina State. So the defense is playing well there. Um, offensively, no, sorry, defensively also we're second in opponents third down conversions um, there. Um, any thoughts on those special team stats, Hampton? Hey, man, that's kind of bad. Well, I will just say that, you know, we did lose Christian Faber Kenny, who I think was probably one of the best punters we've had since Todd Covington. You know, I mean, Todd Covington, I think, was in the early to mid-90s. And, um, and uh, God, what's the other guy? The guy from Florida, Tellus Bolden. Yeah, Bolden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the kick returns, you know, I have seen Chase Powell back there. Um, I think a lot of the times is that, they, it seems that they're not getting the actual that one to two chip blocks, you know, uh, to to break him open. You know, he's more of a, I would say, not a straightforward runner, but he kind of dances a little too much. Where I think he needs to find a hole and just stick with it. So I mean, but I think a lot of that is just having to do with the fact that we're getting the ball in like the the at the worst plus we're getting the ball on the 50 yard line and they're kicking it into the end zone so you know i think a lot of that time and as far as a punting adam brown should not be a punter <laughs> <laughs> i mean no, no no i don't mean it in a bad way it's because what i'm saying is that he is a kicker and a punter and i do think that will that will definitely tire 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 your leg out the reason why I say that is because the offense does not generate enough points where, you know, he he is constantly on the field. So I just do think that that is a, a problem with their offense. So quick question about this then. So with the punting, you know, special teams and tight end, I mean, there are some clear holes on the team. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like, what do you? I know, I know they're trying to recruit these guys. It would mm-hmm. be it would be malpractice not to. So, like, mm-hmm. what's happening? Like, why why are we getting like a basic like full roster here? Like, what, what, any any thoughts on that? Just guys not falling falling through. Why, like, what's happening? Well, if you did see some of the. Um of the recruiting, you know, we did recruit an actual kicker last year. He just didn't show up. <laughs> and, um, I'm not sure on the whole long snapper thing. I know we had one, uh, I mean, we had uh, one during Rose's tenure with Dylan Kearns and he was perfect. And then, um, I think we had another kid, I think, uh, Maynard's first year. I think he was number 69. I, I forgot what his name was. He was only there for a semester. Then he had another kid, but see, but this is the thing, though. Um, the you need this, you know. These are the minor details where you don't think about until someone messes up, you know. Especially with puntering and kicking, I think we got so enamored with Faber Kenny that they didn't even, you know, they figured Adam Brown was just as good. And I mean, of course, you know, Faber Kenny, All American, All Miac, you know. <laughs> That's very hard to uh, emulate anyway. So I just think that sometimes we can get spoiled with what we have. And as far as a kick return, I think that was Ronald Bell's job. But now he's a starter on offense. I don't want him getting hurt. So I definitely do not want him uh, returning any kicks. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Excellent point. Good point. So we need some depth there to to get some, some, some yardage there in the special teams. So... Hopefully they can fill those holes next year in the in off season. So, um, just some other interesting stat leaders from you know for the Miac. Um, Yaki Johnson is third in rushing, and then uh, Knight is second in receiving in the Miac. So those are some of the Miac leaders uh, for the Pirates. So yeah, interesting stats. I mean, we're kind of in the middle of the pack. Most things. I mean, it is a defensive team, so you got to give some props to catch them for um you know making sure that that side of the ball is tight and the stats sort of bear that out so everything all our issues are right there in the stats <laughs> things we see are exactly uh where we fall in the statistical leaders as far as the MIAC is concerned so all right man let's jump over to homecoming weekend uh against the FAMU Rattlers so I mean it seems like I've gotten a lot of calls this year about coming back for homecoming I'm still on the fence I'm not worried about it too much because I got a bunch of places I could stay if I decide to go. Um, but everybody seems pretty geeked up about it, man. So, from your perspective, Hampton Night, like, what's the best part of like Hampton's homecoming? Well, I would say we do not have the luster of a Howard homecoming or a Geho or a Spellhouse <laughs> homecoming or even a FAMU homecoming. I think you know we're. Hampton is not really a destination city, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but I think we do have something that you know caters to I think our flavor, you know, and we have a lot of I would say upper crust um, alums, and <laughs> you know I would say wine and cheese alums, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the homecoming will fit and will fit them just fine. You know, yeah, you. I mean, it's not a lot of ratchet behavior there, so uh, not a lot of debauch. I mean, it's debauchery, but it's debauchery on a, I would say, a bourgeoisie, you know, black scale. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, you know, it's, these are the type of black people who, well, I mean, <laughs> these are the type of alums, I would say, that uh, really enjoy the police. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> well, we, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, I hate what you're trying to say. I won't go there. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're like, they're the type of ones where, you know, you know, they, they like that sheriff up there in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh man, that's that's yeah. Not, yeah that's there, there's too much of that. I have to say, um, yeah. But yeah, it it is sub, somewhat subdued, uh, especially compared to like the Giho. Some of the stories yeah. I heard I heard uh, firsthand from last week uh, were pretty pretty interesting. Um, but it does get kind of crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> At Hampton, but yeah, not like some of the bigger ones. Um, of course, everybody likes seeing their friends. Um, for me, it's really if whenever I go, it's not really about friends because my Hampton friends. I mean, I talk to them all the time, so I'm not going there to like reunite with people. But my my people that I really like and enjoy, we're like really good friends, so we're we're in close contact. So we kind of like to go and avoid homecoming, so we can just uh, be a little bit more relaxed and uh, not have to give out 2,000 hugs <laughs> just enjoy exactly. the game. but exactly. uh, yeah man so it'll be fun for whoever you know hope everyone you're going down there I might be there so hopefully um, it'll be an entertaining game and a good win absolutely um, yeah man so the Rattlers man we owe them payback for last year like they beat us at their homecoming um, that was a Dust Bowl robbery um, Man, first of all, hold on. Let's talk about that <laughs> nasty field. You know, that field basically, you know, like it's just nothing but a dirt pit, really. And <laughs> you know, like when I think this scene in, um, what is it, a, a New Jack City where uh, Ice T is a cop and he's watching those kids that are playing on that little basketball court. <laughs> and the te- you know what I'm saying? The teacher is saying, say no to drugs, say no to this. <laughs> and so he's smiling at the teacher, but then he looks down. And he sees, like, those crack vials, you know. I mean, that, that's what FAMU's, I mean, I mean, you don't see that on a, but it's like, it looks like one of those practice fields where you have to kind of kick the rocks away, you know, <laughs> kick out shards of glass, you know. And for, you know, all the Rattlers out there, whether you're a KR FAMU, Too Real, Decatur G, um, who else, uh, I, uh, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Blah, all of these guys. You know, Hampton's field is what you need to aspire to be. You know <laughs> that. I mean, I mean that is like it's like you basically that field. It's like you basically hamstrung us, and then say at the same time like, oh well, it's football. You can play football anywhere. No, not on that little dirty field. <laughs> dirty. You you ever play bocce ball? Yes. Yo, that's what that's what it was like, man. It was like a bocce exactly. ball. Exactly. It's just terrible. You know, I've traveled. I've traveled from to East Africa, North Africa, West and West and South, and I've seen fields in better condition there than in Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So we we owe some payback for for last year, but they did beat us pretty good. That was thirty-one to fourteen. So hopefully we can return the favor, but. Uh, family right now they are struggling they are on a three-game losing streak uh they lost to central 21 14 lost to norfolk state 35 28 and lost to a&t 31 to 20 so 
Um, they're reeling right now, so hopefully they can stay down in the dumps. Um, so just think about, you know, what does FAMU do well uh, from a football perspective? Um, you know, third and pass defense. Uh, actually, second in punting. They have a pretty good punting team, and they are second in first downs offensively. Uh, the defense is terrible, so, I mean, we should be able to move the ball, control the clock, and win the game. Um what does uh, Fami do poorly? Yo, they haven't made a field goal yet. <laughs> they are 0-3 on field goals this year, and they are last in defense on third down conversions. So what it sounds to me is like teams are just pounding them and having sh- third down and shorts and just completing and moving the clock. So I expect that to continue happening. Uh, from an ing- individual standpoint for FAMU, uh, the, the Bowers kid running, their running back is near the tops and rushing for the MIAC. Stanley is third in passing and third in total offense. And Nor- Norwood is at the top in receiving. So they got some guys on offense. They can move the ball. So the key is to keep them on the sidelines. And uh, got a decent offense. And the defense and special teams are not good. So um, I think we can. Uh, do some things against this team, man. So, I mean, any thoughts on the Rattlers, man? And what does Hampton have to do to win this game? Well, I will just say this. I was, um, I think I was uh, talking with a lot of the Rattlers on MEAC fans, you know, on the boards about, you know, their coach Alex Wood. And, you know, I think that they're being very unfair to him, you know, because he basically really had to start over with, you know, uh, Earl Holmes recruits. And Earl Holmes... I mean, shouldn't even be a junior high school coach. And I literally would not. I mean, you would need more time than what you have. And um, I do think that they have, do have pieces there. I love Ryan Stanley. I think he's a, uh, a really good QB. Um, I also think that they're still suffering from, I would say, an efficient offensive line, you know, because – you know, they look like they just have a bunch of pudgy kids out there just blocking it. And I don't think that, you know, serves them well at all. Um, I do like um, Brandon Norwood. I think he's probably a, a, a top-tier MEAC receiver. And, you know, off, their defense, I would say, is, you know, they're probably their weakest link. So their best thing is they have to uh, beat you scoring-wise. And I just think that um, – they're, the way that their schedule was set up is that they've played hard teams, you know. Besides the Arkansas State, Arkansas game, they had Tennessee State Central, uh, NSU at Norfolk, A&T, you know. Then they're coming to us at our homecoming. Then they're playing a Morgan team that's surging now due to the fact that they just put up 48 on Savannah. Then they thought they had a gimme with Howard coming in. And I don't think that's a gimme. And Bethune will always play them tough. So they can actually, they can pretty much lose the rest of their games. They can just be going, they can just be what, two and eight, two and um, two and nine all the rest of the year. So I think for us to beat them, I do think that um, we're going to have to keep the ball out of uh, Ryan Stanley's hands. And I would just probably just chew that clock the same way that we played. Um, with North Carolina, uh, I mean, Norfolk State, you know, we just keep pounding the rock, pounding the ball with Shai McKenzie, with Yaki Johnson, and then, you know, utilize a little play action. You know, the play action, basically, you don't, you're not, 
the quarterback really does not have to read the defense. He basically is freezing linebackers and safeties and just picking a guy that basically sneaks out. So, you know, if we can keep, uh, if we can help Delman Williams that way, I think that we'll be successful. Um, I do think that the uh, special teams cannot make flub anything. And then and if they do, then you give uh, Ryan Stanley a short field to, you know, make plays. And, you know, he is not, I would say, a typical Mediac running quarterback. He can run and throw that ball um, um, sideways from going east to west. So I do think the – I do predict Hampton will win, I would say, more. Uh, I would say we probably put up 21 points or maybe 24 points, and they can put up maybe 13 depending on how our defense plays. If they play emotionless football, but cold, hard, smash-mouth football, we'll, we'll win going away easy. I agree. I agree. I have nothing else to say uh, to your assessment right there. I think that is it. Just play smart. Don't, yeah. give, don't give them anything. I mean, yeah. they need help. Don't give them any help. Um so they do that, and uh, we win the game, win homecoming, and go party some more. So it should be a, a, a great atmosphere. Weather's supposed to be nice and all that. So um, everybody be safe out there. <clears throat> so, man, one final news segment we added, uh, shout-outs. Really, people uh, doing some interesting things in the Hampton world and then interesting things in the HBCU world. So I've got two shout-outs. Um, Really, for one, um, I'm not sure. I think most Hamptonians that I've seen have saw saw the video uh, on Fox 5 DC uh, this week where uh, the Howard president was being interviewed by uh, two reporters, one of uh, which happens to be a Hampton uh, Hamptonian, Hampton alumni, Allison Seymour. So, of course, they were talking about endowments and the Howard president started to talk about talk smack about endowment size and mention mm-hmm. the other HU. So, all right, <laughs> whatever, completely out of left field. So, um, there is at the end of the segment, um, they stand up and they show Howard Bison t-shirts that they gave to the other parts of the crew, the other reporter and to another guy in the crew. So as they were standing up to show their, um, uh, Hampton t-shirts a Howard t-shirt she actually stood up and unfurled uh, How Hampton real HU banner <laughs> it strolled across the street and then the, the Howard security guard chased her off the set so I mean I'm sure if you're in Hampton you've seen it but she definitely Allison Seymour gets a shout out for calling that nonsense out that the Howard president was talking as far as real HU was concerned I mean um Endowment size is one interesting smack for a whole bunch of reasons, but they're a bigger school and they've gotten a lot more government subsidies over the years, which actually helps contribute to that uh, endowment size. So I wouldn't use that as smack talk. And uh, the other um, uh, shout out I'd like to give is to the Alabama A&M coach. Um, gosh, I just his name just uh, slipped my mind, but he said he actually won't watch the NFL until Kaepernick gets a job. So that means he'll never be watching again because Kaepernick will not get a job in the league. But at least he said that. He said, you know, support his players, um, you know, to, to, to you know, add, you know, add their voice to the protest. So props to him for speaking out, man, because it's not easy. 
Um, any other shout outs, Hampton, or any thoughts on no shout outs? Did you see that that video, man, that that with the uh Howard president talking trash? Oh, I sure did. And, you know, just and just like, you know, what you just said about the whole endowment thing for Howard, and you know, at you're in DC. You better have a a huge endowment. Plus, you know, those government subsidies, you know, Hampton doesn't get government subsidies. Spelman doesn't. Morehouse doesn't, you know. So, you know, and you know what? Howard is like that brother that can't stay out of trouble, you know. And, you know, Hampton, I think, is a school that, you know, always kind of keeps their head down. No, they don't have all these distinguished actors, you know. They're basically like the, the – Howard is like the hotel brother that, you know, <laughs> that always – you know, speaks his mouth, mind, whatever, whatever he's saying, gets himself into trouble. Whereas Hampton is always that brother who, you know, is a back as a boardroom guy, you know, the back guy, you know, always doing the deals and belling, you know, little hotel brother out. So, but anyway, I did see Allison Seymour and I, I and first of all, I wouldn't have ran off. I wouldn't let no security guard you know, chase me <laughs> off. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, like, who give? You know, it's like, I mean, I mean, let me stop. Look, that school, you know, the government helps that school out. How, you know, Hampton is a fully funded, fully vested private school where the government don't give a dime to, you know. Hell, you know, the government actually is mad at the fact that we have our own cancer hospital and we can fund it ourselves. So, I'll just let that go. As far as the Alabama A&M coach, you know, nah, Kaepernick ain't getting a job. And I do appreciate that. You know, I think NFL ratings have dipped, I think, what, 7%, so good for him. And then as far as homecoming, you know, for some reason the buzz is huge this year. I don't know why. I think it's because our president is – this might be a swan song this year. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I think with the 40 years. So – I'm just, you know, I'm excited, and you know, I'll be there with my wife and kids. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Hey, one interesting thing about the government subsidies. So, like, we all, I mean, every every school virtually gets some government money from the federal. Mm-hmm. But Howard yeah. is lucky that, and which it's deserved that they almost get like an earmark from the federal government. So, yeah. um, and actually, that's in trouble. They're actually talking about splitting that up amongst all HBCUs, which would be like a disaster uh, for Howard. So, just so that we all get government money, but I mean, they just living off government money, which is yeah. how they're able to. <laughs> well, well, we get those grants. We get yeah, the grants, yeah, and yeah. you know, and you know, I mean, I, let me rephrase: we get the grants, but the grants really don't. I mean, we can survive without it, but Howard, mm, if, you, if you need a little help, we can help you. <laughs> No doubt. No doubt. So, all right, man. Hey, have fun down there at homecoming. Hopefully, I'll see you. And yeah. um, cheer on the Pirates. Absolutely.